0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Welcome back to the channel, everybody, and welcome to episode 470 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, where tonight we are going to be talking about the meltdown. This is coming from Tony's words over at Deadline, the absolute meltdown of the MCU Specifically, with the new film, The Marvels, having the worst opening weekend ever in the entire history of the MCU. Oh, the cope is real. So many people trying to defend the film. So many people trying to explain the film, amongst other things. But ultimately, there is no way to defend it because the film is a complete and utter disaster. A complete, unmitigated disaster. No way of being able to explain it away. And one of my favorite arguments to why the film did not open as strongly as many thought it should open was blaming the actor strike, saying, ah, it's just because of the actor strike. They weren't able to promote their movies, and so because they couldn't promote, because they couldn't have their premieres, because they couldn't have their interviews, because Lord knows there are millions upon millions of people that are just waiting for those interviews to come out, waited with bated breath to hear, waited with bated breath to, to hear what the actors have to say. Which, of course, we all know to be complete, you know, uh, nonsense. Um, But they're using that as the excuse anyway. And I uh, saw one person on social media, and I was able to share this, uh, you know, several days ago. And it was about how, well, you know, had they had the opportunity to promote their film, it would have done better. Well, okay. Guess what? Since the actor strike is officially over, and we have another film coming out this weekend, guess what? What we can do is we can look at what were the box office projections going into the weekend for the upcoming Hunger Games prequel coming out this week. And then what is the actual box office going to be? And ultimately, if the film ends up coming in higher by a certain degree, we could argue okay, maybe the marketing does have something to do with it or rather maybe the the really it's not the marketing, really the the interviews and and the promotional going on the late night shows that that it has some impact. Right? That it has some impact in some way. Maybe Maybe. But again, we will, of course, have to wait and see. But again, thank you all very much for being here tonight. Please make sure you smash that like button. La like the fireball. I say smash the rumble button as well. And also make sure, of course, that you are subscribed to the channel. Thank you all again for being here. Snow Gollum, I hope that is not true. I assume since you're the only one that has mentioned it that I am not uh, muted. So hopefully that's just an issue on, on your end because that would not be good. If that was the case uh, all around, it seems that things are going out. I am trying something a, a little bit different. As you all know, I had I've been trying mux for quite a while, and and I was liking a lot of it, but I had some some random issues last time. So now I'm doing something directly through OBS. Um, so uh, Quatrina over on YouTube says that she can hear me just fine. Or sorry, Quatrina just says that they can hear me just fine. Um, and uh, so I don't know what the issue is for Odyssey. I again. Maybe it's muted on your end. Maybe you've clicked on the mute. Perhaps I—I I, I don't know. Everything is 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 set up over here. So hopefully that is just on your end. But I am directly streaming to all of the platforms via OBS directly. There's a multi-stream option built in with one of these plugins. So as you all know, I love technology. I love figuring things out, and especially uh, especially since this this mixed chat has been doing very well. Um, figured might as well just, just stay over here with it. All right, let's go ahead and say hello to the people. First, we got Bruce hanging out. What is going on? Bruce, he was here at six. We got Kimberly G, Shadow Cat. What is going on? Orange Hat, the man himself, the man, the myth, the legend. Laying out those rules, please make sure that you follow them. Be respectful. I tend to fall about 20 to 30 minutes behind in the chat because I do read the chat as long as you put at Odin at the very beginning of your comments, at Odin. lets me know that you're trying to get my attention. Sorry, Snow Gollum, that you're having the issues over on uh, over on Odyssey. I, I don't know what it could be if if my sound is coming through on all of the other platforms. Uh, at the very least, I know that it is coming through. Um, I know that it's coming through on YouTube. So I, I, I do not know what issue it could be that could lead to, to that uh, that being the case. So again, apologies, Snow Gollum. Um, I, I, not that you can even hear me, but hopefully it's just an Odyssey issue. Uh, if anyone's watching on Rumble, let me know if the audio is coming through over there. And that way I can know whether it is a, an issue there or not. I guess one thing I can do is also... It's coming through on Twitter. Okay, so I was going to check and see if on Twitter it was working. Sure enough, the sound is coming through on Twitter. And it's it's set with the same exact setting. So it, it's either an Odyssey issue or it, it might be yours. So we'll have to wait and see if anyone else comes over. If let's see, Abomination starts hanging out over on Odyssey, he can then tell me uh, whether or not he's having that same issue. Apologies, though. Uh, but again, Orange Chat, thank you for always laying down the law. Again, put at Odin, very comment, at Odin. Again, let me know you're trying to get my attention on any platform. Appreciate y'all being here. But again, a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. But let's say hello to the people. I did start a little bit early too. So if anyone's wondering, wait, why is the stream already going? Um I originally had it scheduled for 7 30. Uh, because obviously that is the the new um that is that is my new streaming time because of the baby, right? Because of, of baby Sif and because of her bedtime and it's a very rough one. Her her last nap before going to sleep for the nights, if she can is this between you know basically between 6 30 and uh eight and it's one of the toughest naps so she's waking up constantly so that's the reason why I had originally scheduled it that way. Um but she's has a little bit more issues during this nap especially and so because of that I, I figured I might as well just start a little bit early since baby Thor just went down and I was ready early. Uh, that that way you know I can end the stream a little bit earlier than scheduled so that way I can end it closer to 8 30, 835 maybe 840, and then I can help out with uh, with, with baby Sif. So thank you all for understanding. We got Lance Mola in the chat. What's up, Lance, my wrestling brother? Let's see. He says, what is your excitement level for the upcoming Iron Claw film? I believe it has the potential for to be the best film of the year. Um, is that the film about the – was it the Von Eriks? Because I actually that, – that's before my time as a wrestling fan. So I actually don't really know uh, – a whole lot about it i really don't know what what to think of it um but i if that's the one that i if that's the one that you're talking about if it is specifically the one about the von erics the one with uh zach efron with zephron in it i am actually excited for it because zephron is is great he bulked up quite a bit for that role and I, I think that it looks like it could be pretty good, man. So yeah, definitely think that it has potential. Not necessarily the best one of the year for me. I was not seeing that in the trailer. If that's the same film, but it is definitely a film I think that could be up there. Uh, could be one of my favorites. Uh, guy over on YouTube, what's up, guy or gee? Says, do you think Marvel will fire Kevin Feige due to uh, the making box office disappointments? Probably not. I mean, to me, it's it's similar in a way to to you know Kathleen Canadian Star Wars. We, we think about just how many atrocities have come out from the, uh, you know, have been coming out of Star Wars, have been coming out of, of Disney under leadership of, of Kathleen Kennedy, and yet she's held on to her job. Now the big difference, I think, is that Kathleen Kennedy is a, um, is a much larger presence. She is a much uh, more important and much more powerful executive. But, even though that is the case, right, even though she is a much more powerful um, executive, I, I do think that there are still some, you know, some similarities there. Let me try to see... Let me see if I can try to do a quick troubleshooting over on Odyssey, seeing if I can get the same results. So, yeah, it is it is muted on Odyssey for some reason. The only thing I can think about is to reset the stream. Live stream successfully reset. So hopefully that fixes the issue. I will be seeing shortly. That would be a very, very easy fix if that was the case. But anyway, getting back to that main point. So because of that, I again, I think that there's a difference because of how powerful he is. she is. Kevin Feige, though, is still a very powerful executive as well, right? Obviously not nearly as powerful, but powerful enough to where, I, again, could potentially have that kind of weight to it. So I, I definitely think that... Okay, it's starting to come through on Odyssey. All right, I think I fixed the issue on Odyssey. I just had to reset the stream. That was weird. Don't know why that's the case, but glad that that's finally working. Um, but anyway, so I yeah. So to answer your question though, I don't think that he's gonna be fired. I, I think that a lot of these powerful executives have have such a level of protection for a a wide you know myriad of reasons that it it leaves them basically able to do whatever the heck they want. You know, basically able to do whatever the heck they want, which means you know people like you and me. Who if we messed up, if we didn't do our job correctly, we would get fired very, very quickly. But when it comes to Hollywood, when it comes to just the general Hollywood atmosphere, especially at the executive level, I, I mean, they can fail and fail and fail, lose hundreds upon hundreds of millions of dollars, and they can con- continue to get their jobs. And if they get fired from one place, they get picked up by someone else. It's, it's kind of crazy to think about it, right? It's amazing how much in Hollywood it's, it's just bizarre a world. It's just the complete opposite of how the real world works and uh how crazy it is but thank you all again for being here 62 people watching on youtube thank y'all again hopefully the stream is going to be coming through a little bit better today than what it has been going previously i know that there were some some random hiccups uh last week so that's why i'm streaming just directly from obs that's why i've got my my usual ticker down below but uh yeah glad that i can multi-stream directly from obs obs such a powerful tool i love it all right master of gaming in the chat what's going on master of gaming joey horn who is a member Hail to you, Orange Hat at 7:14 said. Well, if Hunger Games BSS fails, then I think it will be partially because of Rachel Zegler. Her stupidity has been reported on, even in the mainstream media, so people are aware of her stupidity. She is becoming poisonous. I definitely think there is that level. Um, We have to always be careful with that Orange Hat because part of it is we are in the know, right? You know, we are ones that are are following this stuff you know, we see the interviews, we see the clips, making the rounds, so we see the same clip over and over again sometimes, so I think that we're a lot more sensitive to it, we're, we're much more aware of it, but at, at the same time, we we also have to, we also have to recognize that there is, as you mentioned, some mainstream, you know, grasp of what's going on here, and I think that that is palpable. I I think though that it, it might be, have you know, obviously it's been picked up by different mainstream sources, there's Been the big news, of course, about the delays with Snow White and everything surrounding that movie. So I think that's probably the most mainstream that it has actually ever gotten. But I also believe and I also think that there are enough normies out there that are just not aware of it. So I think that there's a couple of reasons as to why that movie, I think it will fail, right? And obviously that is meant to be the second talking point tonight. But I guess we can go ahead and start with that since you you did bring it up. So for those that maybe, you know, forgot, because Lord knows I keep forgetting, we have a brand new film coming out this weekend, and it is uh, Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. The, the titles keep getting longer. It's actually funny because when you compare all of the Hunger Games movies and you compare the titles especially, each one gets just a little bit longer. Each one gets progressively longer and longer and longer. Now, it's not getting longer, though. It's not getting any better is, is the box office, right? So the projections from Box Office Pro, we have not gotten their most up-to-date ones. So this is still a little bit dated. As you can see, this is from November 9th, right? This is still from uh, November 9th. And so we have to recognize this. By the way, I see someone on Rumble leaving comments. Bro, I've, I've got the ability to highlight comments all over the place. It's just that I fall behind on my chats. So you just got to chill out, the fact that I'm streaming on Rumble shows you I'm lifting at least a finger to support alt-tech platforms. I've been streaming to alt tech platforms for years. I've been multi-streaming to, to Odyssey for several years, been multi-streaming to, to Rumble as well. So calm down, brother. Calm down. <laughs> anyway. So Hunger Games, Ballast Songbirds, and Snakes. Expected to open up to 38 to 50 million dollars oh boy oh boy so just remember when it came to the marvels right the marvels originally projected to get to 85 million or so right 85 million and then came out to only 47 million dollars right and they were even in the updated projections it kept going lower and lower and lower and then finally their their bottom was around 50 million and it went even below their bottom it went even below their minimum so it got down to 47 million, and then when the actuals came in, because someone tagged me on Twitter about this, because I don't think they they realized that we get the weekend estimates Sunday, and then we get the actuals typically Monday Tuesday. It turns out the actuals are even lower than what the <laughs> estimates were. So the estimates were 47 million domestic, only made about 46 million. So it came in well underneath the projections and even the lowest end of it. So the fact that the Hunger Games right now is sitting around 38 to 50 million. Makes me think that okay, we could see these numbers fall down quite a bit. Keep in mind that I believe it was Box Office Pro in their final estimates actually had their projections for Captain Marvel around forty-seven or so million. And you know, Box Office Pro sometimes they've been really good, right? Sometimes they've been really, uh, really on. Sometimes they haven't been right. Sometimes they, they've 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 made you know drastic mistakes. But I have to give them credit because they they were correct. They were the only mainstream site calling the success of Barbie, you know, days before the actual numbers started coming in, right? All of the mainstream media got on board very, very quickly when the numbers for Thursday finally started coming in, right? But this one, right, uh, you know, uh, this site rather got it, you know, before any of those numbers actually came in. So the fact that even as of the ninth, right, even as of about five days ago, they had this at 38 to 40, 50 million. I would not be surprised to see this number drop. I would not be surprised to see them say 30 to 45 million, right? Meaning that they would suspect it to be roughly around 38 to 40 million in its domestic opening, which would be atrocious, right? Their total long-range domestic for this film is 97 to 157. So we're talking about a film that probably won't get to 300 million or will barely get to $300 million. And this movie ain't cheap. $300 million for a movie like this ain't going to actually... Pay for what it is. Also, I do have the ticket sales for the Hunger Games franchise. So remember, right, keeping in mind this, and this is also, again, as I mentioned before, we can see the names for this franchise progressively getting longer every single movie, right? You start off with the Hunger Games 2012 and then it gets a little bit longer, a little bit longer, and now it's just ridiculous with the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. So looking at the numbers here, right, as of when I made that chart, there was no budget. I suspect there probably is a budget now. I'll look that up in a second. But the projection for the box office was around $45 million. And again, I'd made this quite a while ago. So again, $45 million, I think, was being pretty generous there with the ticket sales. So for the opening weekend, if you look at the average ticket price and compare that to the previous films in the franchise, just like with the Marvels being the lowest by millions, by, by a large amount, million tickets is what the projections are for this weekend. The Marvels was around the same. The Marvels was also, according to some tracking, not using the metrics that I use, but they also put the number around a little over 3 million tickets. So around 3.3 or so million. So I think that what we're looking at here is just this catastrophic failure for all of these Hollywood properties. And it's interesting that the ones that seem to be failing are the ones that are, one... Female-led, and I'm not saying that female-led films don't make money, and I'm not saying that that's the reason why. But when you have in both cases with the Marvels Brie Larson, and with the Battle of Songbirds and Snakes Rachel Zegler, there's there's one very very clear connection between the two, one very very clear similarity between the two. We have, of course, the Rachel Zegler comments that have gone viral, gotten a lot of attention. And then we have the Brie Larson comments from many years ago that are still around. We still hear this used, right? We still mention this ourselves. We on YouTube oftentimes mention saying, well, it wasn't made for you. Thank you, Brie Larson. Turns out these movies aren't really made for anybody, at least according to the numbers as they are coming in. So, yeah, as you can see, 3.4 million tickets is what we can likely expect to have this weekend domestically. First film 19 million, second film 19 million, Uh, the third film 14 million, last film 12 million. So it was going down, right? The the peak of the popularity for that movie, talking there about the Hunger Games, right? The original films as they came out was actually uh, Catching Fire, which I would argue is one of the better films. I think the first two are actually pretty decent. Part one is awful, right? Part one is just not very good, and I think part two is even worse. Uh, It it was stupid for them to split it into two movies as someone that's not a fan of the books. But I think that the box office also seemed to indicate that people just kind of fell off a bit, right? You know, that's quite a drop from that opening weekend, dropping a 5 million between the second and third, dropping another 2 million. And and now and that was already bad enough. Now you're getting to the point where you're talking 12 to 3 million dollars. Sorry, 12 to 3 million tickets. That is a huge difference. A huge difference. So let me actually go ahead and try and see now that that's off screen if I can look up to see what the uh, what the potential box office or what the potential budget is for this Hunger Games Ballad songbirds and snakes. Because as I said, when I made that chart initially, there had not yet been one. They're claiming a hundred million dollars, according to Deadline. So that was back in October of you know October 26th. Deadline Tony. Over at Deadline said it cost $100 million. For some reason, I just don't buy that. I just really don't believe that they that they spent only that much. And I think the reason why is because even the first movie, when you adjust for inflation, was $107 million. Jumped up to $171, $162, $208. So though it would make sense for them to not be spending $200 million because that did not turn out as well as they had thought with the last of the films... In the initial series of films. I can't see this film costing less than 150 And that's just based off of what they've been spending on the previous movies in the franchise. But, anyway. What say you? Alright, let's head back into the chat now. Let's see. Fear of Fema, what's going on? We got Gmonkey76, hail to you. Cthulhu, who's a member on YouTube, says, good evening to you. And everyone in the chat, good evening to you. Snowgolem on Odyssey, what's going on, Snowgolem? Appreciate you being here and being here early. And again, apologies for those early technical issues. Hole with the sound is still coming through. Just had to cl- click that reset stream over there. That happens in the future. At least now I know there is a way to to fix that. Paul L, what is going on? Kimberly G, Shadow Cat, what's going on? Kimberly G, good evening to you. Thank you again for being here. By the way, I did start early. For anyone who is wondering, the normal start time is seven thirty. But because, uh, you know, baby Sif has been struggling with this nap specifically um i know that the lady freya needs a little bit of help around this time and so i wanted to start early since i could start early because things worked out for me to be able to do so so that way i can end a little bit earlier than i had initially thought to help out with that uh paul l what is going on we got keely chow in the chat as well john evan bear what is up hail to you ikthulu's member says i watched efap there's no explaining that plot no there is not there is absolutely no no explaining the plot to the Marvels. It is, it's atrocious. And I, I hear a lot of people defending it saying, well, it's not as bad as uh, as people say it is. It's not that bad. And when that's your defense or when that's the positive thing you have to say about a movie, that's not a good thing. It's not a good thing when your, your, your main point, when asked what your thoughts are, were, oh, it's not as bad as people say. <laughs> oh, it's not as bad, really. Is that the case? If anyone's going to tear, you know, tear apart that plot, it's going to be EFAP you know, shout out to them, and it's, yeah, I'm not surprised, I'm not surprised that they went after it, because they're right, I mean, there really is, you know, of the so-called plot that is there, there's not a whole lot, and 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 of that plot that's not really all that there that is present, it, it's just, it's a giant mess, I, I still go back to the fact that there's a part in that movie where you feel like there's tension building amongst the ladies, right, because it's all about the ladies. Right. It's all about Miss Marvel and the woman who does not want to be named anything and who's when trying to explain her power says I see light. I'm sorry, like the whole the the character of Rambo to me is just it's just not good. It's just not good at all. And I, I think that they really messed that more so than any of the other characters. That's the one that to me just felt completely worthless. So but there's tension building amongst all of them, amongst the Marvels, right? And you honestly just feel like, okay, in a normal story, this is when there would be this tension, maybe a falling apart, right? There would be at least a moment or two for us to be able to process what's going on. Nope. that There's this brief moment of tension. And then through affirmation and hugs and kisses, everything becomes fine. And you're like, really? This is what you're going to do? No wonder why no one wants to see this. <laughs> no wonder why the word of mouth on this film has not been good. Anyway, let's see. Viking Beach Bum, thank you very much for the $5 su- 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 super chat. Sorry, it took me a while to get to this one, but says, A tip to Odin is better than a tip to Disney Skull. Well, Viking Beach Bum, thank you very much for that. I appreciate your generosity, Sal. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All righty. Yeah, glad I fixed that Snow Golem. At least I hope it's still fixed. John Baird had to say, what other movies does little Thor like? Baby Thor is a huge fan, of course, of OG Star Wars. Uh, he, he was kind of born and raised on the OG Star Wars. He just turned three in October and he's already seen the original trilogy multiple times. Can't tell you how many times, in fact, because he goes through phases and when he gets obsessed with a film, he, he wants to watch it over and over and over again. And so he loves those. He also loves a lot of um, Pixar films that I enjoy quite a bit. Um, so at one point he was on a Bug's Life fix, he went on an Up fix, right, uh, great, great Pixar film, back from when the, I think Pixar was kind of at its at its height, for some reason he has no interest in Toy Story, um, which is kind of funny, because anytime I'm like, hey, let's watch like the original Toy Story, he's like, no, I'm like, okay, buddy, I think one day he'll probably, you know, finally open up to it, um, the other one that he got really big on was, uh, My Neighbor Totoro, which is a fantastic anime, um, by, uh, by Miyazaki and Studio Ghibli. If you've never seen My Neighbor Totoro, it is fantastic. So, we've seen that film countless times as well. He loves that. He's got a little stuffed Totoro, in fact, <laughs> that he sleeps with. Um, not his favorite toy, but still one that he he does enjoy quite a bit. So, those would be the films. There's other films too. Coco. Uh, from from Pixar, Wally. uh he loved Wally as well. A lot of good stuff. Let's see, Dr. Martin Van Nostren, what's going on, Dr. Martin? Hope you're doing well, also. The Physics Channel with Ken Lee, what is up? Rob D. Tassi, hello, Odin, did you see Disney's 1500 Blu-ray box set celebrating their 100th anniversary that contains no 4K UHD discs? No, I I, I heard about that one, and I saw, as soon as I saw the price, I'm like, yeah, of course you would, Disney. Of course you would be charging an arm and a leg for a 100th anniversary set that, as you even mentioned, does not actually contain the most up-to-date physical media discs. You know? Like, c- c- come on, man. Come on. Um, I mean, again, I think that it's cool. I, I love box sets. I-, I love when studios, especially with long histories, are able to do something like that. But it does drive me nuts when they when they charge that much. And Disney is notorious for overcharging. That Their Blu-rays, their 4Ks, very rarely go on sale. And whenever they do go on sale, usually it's that, okay, clearly this is a sign that this movie is not selling nearly as well as they had thought or hoped that it would. Uh, especially when you look at some of the more modern fare. And I, uh, yeah. Again, it's a cool in concept, but uh, screw Disney, man. See, Cthulu says it troubles. I just sacrifice USB device to the internet god, and things finally work. God bless thine bitrate. <laughs> yeah, I, I am lucky in that I have the bitrate to be able to to use this specific plugin on you on on OBS to stream to multiple platforms because I'm I'm streaming at four thousand kilobits. You know anything about streaming? It's about four megabits per second, which is about standard for what you would need for a 1080p 30 30 uh, FPS stream. And I'm able to do that uh, three times, o- or sorry, four times over. So I think I'm all, all around sending about 20 megabytes of upload out, which I know not everyone can do. Um, I'm lucky to live in a state, and more so specifically in a city, where our, our Wi-Fi is a public utility, so I can get, I actually have a gig up and a gig down, and I think it's about only 70-ish a month. Very, very lucky in that regard. CM Chunk, oh boy, CM Chunk, what's up? I love that name. <laughs> oh man, Paul L, again, thank you for helping me with that earlier. Assange Moody, what's going on? Says, good evening. Parenthood is grand, isn't it? It really, again, it does drive you crazy from time to time, but it's great. It has the moments that are great are so much better than the moments that are bad. Print Screen, what's up? Says, what do you think is the most underrated movie of 2023? Oh, goodness. I wouldn't... I don't know what I would say is the most underrated. One film that most people did not see earlier in the year was Operation Fortune, rus de Guerre. That was a really, really good film. I very much enjoyed that film, found it to be very funny. Guy Ritchie. Uh, he did the other film, also The Covenant, which was also good. But... I would probably say Operation Fortune didn't get nearly as much love as I thought it deserved. It's kind of where my mind is right now. Jordan Wingser says, I don't care much for Zach Efron, but I respect his grind. Man is Jack. Uh, Jacked. Yeah, I mean, I think the I think Zach Efron, again, I, I do like to call him Zephron. I think Zephron is underrated. I think that he is better than people think. And ultimately it's because he's he's gonna forever be attached to the high school musical franchise. And the high school musical franchise was just when you were there, I was in high school when that when that originally came out, so it got pretty big. But you look back at it, and you're like, man, oh, man, there's so much cringe in that. Um, especially since Zephron didn't actually even sing his own parts. Uh, there was someone else that sang for him. It was, very, it was very, very weird how they describe that process, especially since he could sing. But in that regard, I digress. However, since then, he's done so many good things he did a great job in a film like the greatest showman musical i know not everyone's cup of tea but he also randomly he, he also did the baywatch movie he was the best part of the baywatch movie <laughs> everything else about it kind of sucked but but zephron was great uh, a very underrated performance from, Zeph- from Zag Efron. all right a very underrated Zephron performance i would actually argue is the remake of um going was it going on 17 Or, said no, 17 again. Sorry, 17 again. So it was a remake, and he actually did a pretty good job in that movie. That was like one of the first films he got in that post, very close to the release of the original High School Musical films. Maybe it was even between movies. And I remember seeing it, and I was like, man, he actually did a lot better than I would have thought. But he's he's very talented. I, I would recommend watching some of his other stuff, maybe some of his independent performances, because he actually does have some talent. Yeah, Weber Noodle, I did start early. Master Gaming says, Why do certain individuals think Sound of Freedom is controversial? I saw the trailer and read the plot synopsis. There's nothing QAnon-adjacent or controversial about it at all. So, a couple things. So, I won't go into too much of the detail about it, just because it's not really the place to do so. But, from my understanding, part of it is because there is this false narrative that's perpetuated that that says a lie that the, the talk about Child trafficking is mostly made up, mostly exaggerated by this conspiracy. Now, again, that that's just incorrect. We know it is real. We know that it's impacting anyone who has done any research or any reading about human trafficking knows the numbers and knows the percentage of children that are impacted by it. So that that's just nonsense. I think more so it comes down to what happens during the trafficking where there are some things that are more conspiratorial that there is not as much evidence about that is, is again, anytime trafficking is gonna be brought up, that's going to be kind of mentioned. But I think ultimately it has more so to do with the fact that Jim Caviezel, who's the lead actor in the film has made comments in previous years that were, uh, you know, I think he actually spoke at a conference that was actually run by and, and, uh, was was headlined essentially by or it was it was a QAnon conference essentially and he spoke at it Um, and he seems to have had ideas or it seems to agreed with a lot of the things that QAnon has said at least implicitly so I think that's where it came from ultimately the problem is, is that when you actually look further into it you realize it's not really there and the fact that they're trying to say it's in the movie when it's clearly not in the film that is the most egregious thing it's like when anyone tries to tear down any film because of the actor in the movie right and i think that clearly to me it says a lot more about who are, who are the people that are actually you know tearing down the film who are the ones actually trying to bring up this stuff that really is non consequential and you know really has no merit and no bearing on the film Why are they bringing these things up? Oh, they don't want people to see the movie. They don't want people to actually think about it. So, it says more about them than it does about anyone involved in the movie. Let's see. Rob D says, uh, "Is Tony from Deadline defending the Marvel's box office? If he's not, then unfortunately for him, I can't nominate him for Show of the Year. He's actually not. He's actually not. And since you did bring it up, we'll we'll talk about that and I'll bring up that article." Uh, as well right so we do have tony over at deadline marvel's meltdown so he's being very clear about this right disney mcu post uh post lowest box office opening ever at 47 million what went wrong now now where tony goes off the rails is his explanation of of how things went wrong right so for him he tries to use that that you know for one he tries to mention the uh, the actor strike saying that that has something to do with it the other is he says that there's an oversaturation of of these movies and he, he specifically tries to say, it's not that there's, you know, superhero fatigue, and his evidence is, look at what happened with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Look at what happened even last year with the uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Now, I agree to an extent with the Guardians film, because the Guardians film did do a lot better than what had been expected, but it's because that film actually wasn't garbage, I am still of the mindset I don't I don't think it's as good as people thought it was I think that some people overpraised it overhyped it probably because they just really really like either James Gunn or or because they like you know some of the actors in the film but overall I thought the film was okay I, th- I thought it was a decent movie there were there were parts that I thought were really good but it was in a package that was a bit of a mess so. I agree with that one, but he then brought up Wakanda forever. And I'm like, look, Wakanda forever. When you actually look at how much money they spent on that movie was not really as much of a of of a financial success as you thought on paper. You could say, well, 850 plus million dollars worldwide is still good. Okay. still wasn't very profitable when, when you just get down to it. Um, but he brings that one up. And so he tries to say, and use that to say, okay, this shows very clearly. Somehow it proves somehow that, um, you know, that there is not this, you know, superhero fatigue. And again, I agree with him in certain concepts and certain respects, but I just disagree with how he gets there. Um, Because I don't think that there is superhero fatigue. I think that there is a fatigue of bad movies. The problem is that for him, he argues that a film like Wakanda Forever is a good movie. And his evidence is the box office. It's like, no. And and one of the things that drives me crazy is that he loves to bring up cinema score. That's one of his favorite things to do. right? He loves bringing up cinema score. Um, But I guess I will also bring this up. So interesting... How, you know how I got to my estimates for the ticket sales for the Marvels? Well, turns out, according to another tracker, it says, in regards to U.S. admissions, the Marvels came in per intelligence 3.3 million tickets uh, compared to other superhero bombs of The Flash at 3.9 million tickets and Eternals at 5.5 million tickets. Now, as you can see right here, what is he going to do? Ooh, cinema scores. He is absolutely obsessed with them. Absolutely obsessed. And here is his here here's his again defense here of the Wakanda Forever. So it says right here, just a year ago, sequel Wakanda Forever, Black Panther scored an A on Cinema Score, was in the Oscar mix, uh, Oscar Oscar, o- Oscar mix, which ultimately with five nominations and a win, and opened to a massive one eighty one point three and lagged out to nearly half billion stateside. 859 worldwide. Again, he's kind of leaving out how much the film cost, amongst other things, and how that's really not all that impressive in comparison. Not to mention, okay, how much less of that, how much less is that versus the original Black Panther movie? I mean, are, are we not going to bring that up? Um, but again, I get the general point of what he is trying to uh to bring up. His biggest problem though is he's obsessed with cinema score. He's obsessed with that because ultimately that does not always have a bearing on the legs of a movie. And it's a very, very bad metric. It's a terrible metric to use. And the biggest problem with it is that they don't give you any data. They just give you a score. They don't tell you how many people were surveyed, what theaters they were being surveyed in, or at least what cities the theaters were in. Those are all things that could make a big difference as far as understanding the actual content and the actual context of what's being brought forward. But Tony does still at the very least admit... $47 $47 million, but we all know that that was not the actual number. Now, Nancy hasn't really updated much since this weekend. She's probably, you know, having a, a little bit of a, a meltdown. Uh, and she had originally projected it to have $110 million globally. That's gone down since the actuals came out. And again, lowest box office. Now, what I love about it is that the the the, the drops actually continue. We actually finally, it's funny, as of uh, late this afternoon, so I think it was around 3 p.m., they had not yet released the daily numbers for the Marvels. So they, they were dragging their feet to release the Monday numbers, and I can totally see why. Look at this. $2.3 million for their first Monday. A 74% drop. That's right. A 74% drop from the previous day. Now what this tells me is that the Marvels tracking right now is doing what a typical Marvel film does. So even though one could still say, well, look at how low that box office was. That is absolutely true. But here is the kicker. Here is the juiciest part of this all, right? If you are loving the fact that MCU, Disney, Marvel's Brie Larson are failing, this should make you ecstatic because what this means is that this film is currently... Now, if things change with the numbers from Tuesday or Wednesday, we'll find those out tomorrow and Thursday, respectively. If if we see any massive change, okay, Maybe then that'll say something different. But what this is telling us is that this is a very typical drop for an MCU movie. And you know what that means. If these drops continue, we could expect to see a typical percentage-wise drop for a second weekend. Most MCU films these days are dropping, what, 65% plus in weekend number two? So what can then we expect for the box office if it came out to only 47 million, 46 million weekend weekend? Right, added another two million on Monday. We can expect it to drop well over fifty percent, meaning that the film will probably get what fifteen to twenty million in its second week of release. Maybe coming in the number two spot up against what is also going to be another terrible film as far as box office release, which is going to be the new Hunger Games movie. Oh boy, danger, danger, danger. So yeah, sometimes people overhype things, sometimes people don't fully understand things, but the reason why that 74% drop for the Marvel specifically is so devastating is because it's telling us it's getting a very similar tracking, a very similar drop compared to other MCU titles. And as we all know, MCU always has big opening weekend, very massive drop. That, that's, that's been the case for pretty much every single Marvel film with very very few exceptions even the ones that have not had done you know have not done as bad for instance as the marvels is doing or as quantum mania did at the very least still had a massive week 1 to week 2 drop so it's about to get really bad it's already bad enough for the marvels but it's about to get really really bad giving you an idea also looking at the ticket sales right i have been talking about this now for several times over right 47 million dollars I'm rounding up here 3.6 million tickets is what the marvels had in its opening weekend Go back to that article from Tony. Remember, Intelligence. So another marketing firm estimated 3.3 million tickets. So not too far off from my numbers. In fact, came in underneath what my numbers are. So they actually think that there were less tickets sold. Either way, 8.1 million tickets was what Ant-Man the Wasp Quantumania. Massive flop. Marvel's couldn't even make half money-wise. Could not even make half of what Quantumania did. You can try to run with the narrative of, well, the actors couldn't promote their movie. You can try to run with the narrative of, oh, well, superhero fatigue. Or, well, people are just tired because there's been a lot of films featuring white men and, and it's oversaturated the market. Try keeping to you try keep using that excuse. Because at least one of those is gonna be utterly destroyed this coming weekend. Because when Hunger Games comes out. I'm going to be very interested to see what the narrative is if that film comes in underneath projections. Because, hey, if the strike's over and they're promoting their movies, how can you explain the film doing bad? Weber Doodle, what's up? Welcome back. All right, Snow Golem. glad to hear the sound did come on. Let's see. King Gain Gain Rumski. What's up, brother? 728 in the chat. 8 o'clock in real life. As I said, I fall 20, 30 minutes behind in the chat. Just kind of the nature of things. Um, I don't try to... Keep comments behind a paywall. I don't uh, want to force anybody to, to feel like they have to super chat or anything like that if they want their voice heard. I'm sure that might be counterintuitive to a lot of streamers out there. That's just how I work, though. Um, I obviously appreciate donations. They help keep the lights on, as it were. But I do this for fun. So Kingan Rumsky says, Do you think the Marvels will make a billion? <laughs> how dare you? How dare you? How dare you, King Kingan Rumsky! How dare you joke at a time like this? This this is a catastrophe for them right now. Alright? Th- just think of their feelings, okay? Think about how hurt their feelings are right now, KK and Ramshi. No one's going to see their movie, okay? Turns out that if you do full on MCU, no one wants to go and see it. And the fact that I even just said MCU is gonna make them sad, okay? It's gonna make them cry. So so you you be kind, okay? You you leave Brie alone. Leave Brie alone. It wasn't made for you, Kinkane Rumshke. It wasn't made for the audience that the MCU has always been made for. Who would have thunk? And fun story, over 60% of the audience was still male. <laughs> Proving that the MCU is still, dominantly, <laughs> is still predominantly a male audience. And now you've shrunk it quite a bit. <laughs> you've, you've shrunk it for both the men and the women, in fact. Oh, but yeah, Marvel's no chance. Uh, I mean that film is going to be lucky to get to what 300 million it's going to be the flash territory for its final result soul assassin what's up brother uh let's see con wolf marvels will stall at 199 it's possible it is possible I get that reference I understand that reference Let's see. Kenwell says, The media is coming for Gary now. He's going to wish he didn't blow off Rumble like he does when YouTube puts their foot on him. Uh, it's not so... Obviously, I'm not going to speak for anyone else. I will say this. Rumble does not make it, as far as streaming, does not make it as as easy as it could be uh, to multi-stream. Someone like me, who kind of understands this stuff and can wrap my head a bit around like, kind of the technical back end... Like, the fact that I can stream from OBS directly to Odyssey, Rumble, Twitter, and YouTube all simultaneously. That's not something that a lot of people in our community can actually do. All right? That's just not... <laughs> people. And we talk about Gary. And I love Gary. All right? Much love to Gary. Even he's willing to admit, right, when it comes to tech stuff, it, it, it can be very, very complicated. Rumble, I don't think, has allowed for it. I think this is further... It's not even just about Rumble. It's also about these other platforms, right? StreamYard... um. To a lesser extent, plates like EVMux, because EVMux, I think, has definitely opened its doors to trying to integrate with Rumble a lot more than any other service. But the main ones, right? Because not a lot of people use EVMux. So like Streamyard, Restream, it's very difficult for them to integrate Rumble chat and to integrate Rumble streams. And the the only time that Rumble is going to be kind of in a situation where it can actually start to compete at least when it comes to something as simple as as multi-streaming and restreaming is if the process of having to create a unique stream key every single time wasn't there. Look, I'm, I'm all for rumble. I'm very big supportive of all alt you know, of all all tech platforms. That's why, again, I've been multi-streaming to odyssey for years to rumble for less time, but still about as long as I possibly could. But uh, yeah, so it's not that he's blowing it off because of YouTube it's it's actually I think a lot more to do with learning curve slash it becomes a hassle in, in order to actually get it created. So, and I know that you were you were talking about other people, but I my comment still stands because I think that there are a lot of people that do a lot of things uh, to try to promote and try to push for alt tech, but the issue is that alt tech, specifically Rumble, they pick winners and losers. All right. If you're on their good side, Rumble can be very, very good. They put you on the front page. they they uh, they you know, they whine and dine you in certain instances, right? But if you're just a regular person like like me, someone who maybe does this as a hobby or maybe even someone working full- time, like, there are people that have been actively working with Rumble for well over a year, two years, and they've barely made any dent. And it's because if they have a smaller audience or if they're just starting, Rumble's not going to give them nearly as much attention. that That's just a fact. And I understand why Rumble does it, right? I understand that Rumble wants to try to get as many eyes on them as possible, so they're going to go after the big fish. That makes a lot of sense business-wise. But as far as other people who are maybe smaller or medium-sized, what incentive do they have if they're not going to be treated the exact same as anybody else? You know? So I can't explain why why uh why certain videos have not been posted on Rumble. My guess is is that it has nothing to do with um, YouTube specifically. I think it has a lot more to do with Gary being a boomer, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> like, uh, right, Kitty, what's going on? Yeah, I know he was talking about Gary, but I I think it still stands because I do think that there are too many people that that push way too hard, um, mostly Rumble, because. I guess I'm, I've been on Odyssey for a long time. I'm much more pro-Odyssey than I am Rumble. And I think that Rumble obviously has a lot more going for it. I think that they have come along so much faster than any other platform. There are things that they do that, that Odyssey should have been doing a long time ago, especially with how long Odyssey has been around. But I, I think because of the picking of the winners and losers, I would rather use Odyssey as my platform than Rumble because searching is a lot better on Odyssey, at least from my own experience. It's a lot easier to find random videos on Odyssey than Rumble. Rumble, it's primarily political content. It's primarily political content. It's very hard to find um, alternate things. Whereas for Odyssey, um, I feel like it's easier. And again, I do think that there's a lot of things that are a lot better about Rumble than there are Odyssey. But uh, I think the thing that kind of rubs me the wrong way with Rumble is how they pick winners and losers. I don't like that. I really don't like that. Uh, great Wudo what's up thanks for tagging me welcome welcome let's see Keith Chow says I'm in my Scott Steiner voice the numbers don't lie and it spells disaster for the Hunt Games Val song versus snakes 13% of the time 14% of the time you take that 13 to 14% you add it together divide by the three I don't know that whole spiel or that whole speech but I totally get the Scott Steiner reference it's a hilarious video <laughs> John Evan Bear I just love the copium of the mainstream media over the Marvel's failing I do too As I, I said my favorite is probably how they are continuing to use the the strike as their quote evidence well they couldn't promote their movie how many people honestly if we're going to be just honest how many people are waiting with bated breath for an actor to give an interview and then for that specifically to be what drives in the movie you know who goes to the premieres for the marvels who would who would be going who would have gone to the premiere for the marvels had they had one who would be going to these fan events, people that are already going to be seeing your movie. So to try to argue that the premieres themselves have any impact is stupid. And then the other argument is, well, they're on the late night shows. Who's watching late night shows these days? Those are some of the lowest numbers that we have ever seen in the history of late night television because no one cares anymore because they've become so overly political, especially during COVID. Need I remind you of the dancing syringes? Colbert. I mean, just disgusting crap. So they're reaching out to the people that either are one at the premiere who are gonna be seeing it anyway, so not moving the needle, or two, the late night shows. Who's watching the late night shows? It's still mostly and primarily a boomer audience, a boomer Gen X audience. You you might have a handful of, of Gen Z who might be fans of the personality of Colbert, for instance. But people who are watching late night shows are mostly older demographics. And guess what? They're not going to see movies. And we know this is a fact because all the films that are geared towards older audiences are not doing well. But what would I know? It's not like, you know, I don't claim to be an expert, but I've been following this stuff for a long time. (laughs) At this point. Anyway, Snow Gollum says, I'm saying 10 to 20 million opening. For Hunger Games, I don't think it'll be that small. I don't think it'll be that small. It's not going to be very large. I I know that for a fact. Um, But, and again, I, I base that off of what information we have available to us right now. Because a lot of things can change. We'll have the Box Office Pro update probably sometime tomorrow, going into Thursday. And then, of course, once the Thursday premiere numbers come out, we'll have even more. But, again, the original, right now the projections are 38 to 50 million. That was as of five days ago. I think that number is going to go down. I think that because of the Marvels, because one of the things I do like about Box Office Pro is that they use a lot of different metrics to get their numbers, to get their results. And one of the metrics that they use is social media presence, but also the state of the box office. So, I think that because the Marvels came in, you know, one, at a terrible number, but two, well below the projections, from so-called experts, I don't I would not be surprised if they decide to uh to to tune down their numbers. So right now their max is fifty. At minimum, I think their max is gonna be forty-five when they update it. So I think they'll probably move it from right now it's thirty eight to fifty. I don't be surprised if they move it from you know to thirty-five to forty-five, maybe even thirty to forty-five. So I think thirty million or around thirty million would be a much more likely number. 10 to 20 is a bit too too low. And that's just based off of the information we currently have. As up, as the numbers come in, if that becomes more of a possibility, then, of course, we'll, we'll talk about it. Let's see. Hardwick over on YouTube at 734 says, I'm numb to the Marvel's flopping. If it had happened to Captain Marvel four years ago, maybe it would have inspired a course correction in time, but now it doesn't matter. It, it, I mean, I understand why there's a lot of people that are kind of over it, but it does matter, all right? Because this is, we're talking now about something that the entire franchise, you know, we've seen the writing on the wall for a long time, but when you have an MCU title having its worst ever, right, the worst ever in the entire franchise, making less, keep in mind, without adjusting for inflation, total box office domestic opening, less than The Incredible Hulk. Less than the original Ant-Man. Less than Mania, Less than several films that have flopped over the past few years. The lowest ever possible number for an MCU title. A film that is now guaranteed to lose hundreds of millions of dollars for an MCU title. That is a big deal and ultimately it's going to have an impact. Now I agree, is this going to actually involve a course correction or not? Same thing can be said about Star Wars and all these other properties. Do I think that this means that Kevin Feige and the others are going to, you know, finally smarten up and are finally going to start to actually give fans what they want? No, I don't. But at the same time, it's just like with the, uh, the, the it is just like with the South Park thing. Think about how done Star Wars is. Think about how just, you know, stick a fork and it, it's done Star Wars is. And yet, think about how impactful that recent episode of some South Park was when they torched who? Kathleen Kennedy. They went after her at a time when no one's talking about her. No one's talking about Star Wars because Star Wars doesn't matter. And yet, guess what? It's still important. So, I understand why people are tired of this, but I still think the importance of this cannot be understated. Snow Gollum says, best her games was the first in my opinion. I think that there's a good argument there. I do like the first one uh, a bit. I think the second one to me was, I don't know, I liked it. Just for some reason, I, it's been years since I've seen any of them, to be fair, but I just remember liking the second one. Uh, General Wingster, what's going on? Akili Chow in my Brie Larson voice, <gasps> thank you very much. Hey, Peter Parker. Exactly. Hardwick, did you know that Netflix Narnia adaptation is being directed by Greta Gerwig? Yep. Yes, I do. And my hope is that it, it falls away. The unfortunate thing is that Barbie was a massive, massive success. Um, and it's unfortunate because that means people are going to get the wrong idea. And they're going to think that people want more from Greta Gerwig. No, people wanted Barbie. Specifically, women wanted Barbie. And so now it's guaranteed us a bunch of schlock. For the next several years, and Greta Gerwig's gonna be given every single opportunity in the world, and it's gonna it's gonna be terrible. Uh, it says Netflix, negative implied that her Christian upbringing helps her understand the material well, and that's just complete garbage because she yeah, she can be quote unquote have a Christian upbringing, could have gone to a Catholic school. If you've seen Lady Bird, it's it's very you know much autobiographical in a lot of ways. She might have had that experience, that does not mean that she actually understands it. Clearly she does not when you actually look at what she says and how she writes her stories. It's just garbage, dude. And uh Bruce, the singing planet. Oh goodness. Oh goodness. All right, let's see. Uh Conwolf says they should have tried it with John Rambo. Yeah, seriously. They should have chosen they should have they should have gotten the better Rambo, and it would have been so much better. King and Remsky says, no can, dude. No can do. He's a dude. I'm just a dude. This guy's another dude. What's up, Bruce? I, I know. I, I wish that Studio Ghibli collection was on Blu ray. Unfortunately, I think it's only on DVD. Wayward Noodle, who's a member. What's up, Wayward Noodle? Says, did you hear they're going to try and do a new take on Hannibal, Roman general, played by Denzel Washington? Great actor. I think it will not be good like all forced swaps. And this is where we're noodled. This is where I disagree with some people, right? I am very much on board with a lot of people when when we criticize uh, race swaps for for a lot of things. But I do think that there are some that though I, for instance, I will support any person who says that they've had an issue with it. Because I completely understand why you would have it. It's completely against what the historical uh, character is, etc. The difference for me is that, okay, I still like Denzel Washington, and I still think he's a great actor, and I still think he's going to do a heck of a job playing that role. And so that that's how I look at that one. Because even though there's clearly that race swap, it's not as if you're race swapping somebody and just putting them in because they are, Right. That happens a lot in these other films, right? These other projects where they just put a random person in there and you're like, okay, clearly all you cared about was doing the race swap. In the case of that one, for me, it's like, look, Denzel Washington can pretty much do anything. It's also similar to why if they ever took someone like Tilda Swinton, for instance, if Tilda Swinton was ever playing a guy, I'm, I'm going to be honest, if any person, if any actress could play a guy and it would be believable, or it would be something that I could buy into, it it would be Tilda Swinton. If you've seen her in anything, you know that that woman is a chameleon, and she can basically become anything. Um, But again, as I said, I do respect anyone that would be critical of it. For me, that has more so to do with Denzel Washington being the person versus the, the premise itself. In principle, I would agree, for instance. Let's see. John Evan Bear says, Not related to movies, but similar to Disney. Pink Floyd, in recent years, uh, charged an arm and a leg for box sets. Despite being a fan myself, I don't have everything by them because of that. Yeah, I agree uh, to not support that stuff. Let's see. Uh, Print screen. I loved Operation Fortune. It was great. Gary Banjo-Sandwich Worthington, what's up, brother? Says, I love making critic reviews. Got two new shows on the go at the moment, Murder at the End of the World and Beacon 23, both good so far. And I see if you have not checked out critic please do so. Follow me at OMB Reviews. Also follow the sandwich himself, Mr. Gary Banjo-Sandwich Worthington, because that dude is also legit. He posts a lot more reviews than I do. Um... And I wish I could propose more. I just I'm not have not been able to watch much of anything. At night I've been be able to watch like in ten minutes um increments, I've been watching uh the film Kandahar. And I, I, I have not watched all of it, and I don't have high hopes for it. It was the film that came out this past summer, I think it was, um, with uh Gerard Butler in it. The cinematography is beautiful. I I, I do think that. That that's about as much as I've gotten through with it so far, and I think the cinematography is beautiful. So but yes, I, I love critic CriticList. If you've not checked it out, please do. It's great. Let's see. Cthulhu, oh, I thought you would have quickly gone to Nefarious for most underrated. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I thought Nefarious was underrated. Um, for I think if you were to say what was your most underrated ming, which is one that I underrated, which is one that I looked down on, that absolutely is the one. <laughs> because I had no hopes for that movie, and I was blown away. Uh, let's see, Hardwick, have you seen The Running Man starring Arnold Schwarzenegger? Same concept as Hunger Games, but way more fun. It's also based on Steve King's story. I have not seen that one at all, but when I think of Hunger Games and based off of, or similarities to, Battle Royale. Hunger Games just completely ripped off Battle Royale, and Battle Royale is great. I've only seen the first Battle Royale, which is great. Uh, it's like, it's like the R-rated version of, the R-rated much more bloody version of what we get in the PG-13 Hunger Games, um... Battle Royale, though, is great. There is apparently a second film, and I have the set, actually, that has both films. I've just not ever had a chance to watch the second one. Anyway. General Wingster. Yes, I am in love with Zephron. You're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Cthulhu, who's a member, says, Richard Dawson is what made Running Man a great film. Without him, it would have been stupid schlock. There you go. size Cyclops. What's going on? Sahil. Bohemian Grove, folks. Yep. They say hot take here. I dug Skidmerink. And thought it was fantastic. And that was a good movie. Uh, and that was a movie a good majority of people hated from this year. I guess that's my pick for the most underrated movie of the year. I, I never saw it. I think that was a horror film. So I had no interest in it. Father Miller. Hail to you, Father. Ahoy. Just getting ready to head off for the Milwaukee meetup Thursday. Nice. No chance I can make that out. It's just too far away. And I got kids. Master of Gaming. I saw people on Twitter calling people like Nerdrada, Flash, Critical Drinker, Chuds, and Grifters. And are the left-wing buzzwords that make the word woke look less bad by comparison? Yeah, I- I've seen that so much too. And this is something, I mean, this has been around for years at this point, right? People have been going after, you know, us in the fellowship and fellowship adjacent, using kind of their language there, for a long time, you know? And I, I think that it-, it comes down to this lack of understanding where people are coming from. Because... On one token, I can see part of the argument, right? And part of the argument is, well, if you're making content all the time and you're making multiple videos, in fact, about the same topic again and again, does that make you a grifter? Well, to me, someone who's a grifter is someone that's capitalizing on something for monetary gain that they don't actually believe in. Whereas I think a lot of people in the fellowship care deeply about these topics So much so that they want to talk about it, but at the same time, they recognize, hey, this is also my job. This is also the way that I make a living. This is the way that I'm able to pay the bills, and so I'm going to be leaning into this a lot more. But I think that it's still coming from that place of having that genuine care, you know? Um, And so that's why I would say the difference would be. Now, are there people out there that probably do get on the grift side of things? You could probably argue that to a point, but unless unless it's coming from a place where they don't care about it, but they're pretending to care about it, that, that's when grifting comes into play, at least uh, from my understanding and my definition of it. That's why anytime that, like, typically I'm not, but anytime, anytime anyone calls me grifter, I'm like, I barely make videos. Anytime I do make videos, it's coming from a place where I love the box office. So <laughs> I'm going to talk about it. Uh, let see. Father, who is a member, says, we want good movies. It'll be interesting to see how much Silent Night makes this next month. I predict more than the opening and possible run of the Marvels. Let's see. Honey bear Apiary. What's up, honey Bear? Over on Rumble. So glad I finally able to catch part of a live stream. It's been a year since the schedules have worked out. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, the new schedule is uh, Tuesday evenings from 7.30, from usually 7.30 to 9.00 p.m. Eastern. We're still working out with uh, Baby Sif. She is about to turn two months in a week, she'll be two months old, which is crazy to me. It's insane that it's been two months already. Um, because of that, her, her sleep schedule is, is adjusting, and changing. At eight weeks, that's the next shift in her sleep schedule change. Um, so a big part of the reason why I had to change my streaming schedule was because of her, because of the, the last nap she has before she actually goes to sleep for the night. It's, it can be tough. But uh, yeah, I'm glad it was able to work out. Sebastian Gamer says, if cinema score means what Tony meant then, how come all eyes on me had a good cinema score yet dropped 78% in its second weekend? There's a plethora of content one could bring up to show why cinema score does not mean anything. Because the other thing, too, right, the dirty secret about cinema score, not so secret real, really, is the cinema score is specifically gauging people on opening night for a movie. Who's going to see a film opening night? Fans. People who are much more predisposed to give a film a higher score. The mindset there is, well, that means that if they really like it, then, okay, a lot of people might like it. But if they really hate it, then it means it's not giving the fans what they want. But because they don't, even if that were true, which it's not really, they still don't release the data. They still only give you a score. They don't give you, oh, out of 500 people, this was the score. Or out of audiences in LA, this was the score. That makes a difference those those extra details matter facts matter who would have thought Wolf says semiscore has the marbles rated b and it's about to lose 250 million dollars so there's that yep and and it's also funny because he mentions anytime he talks about it right he'll say well you know uh, a b and a b minus is not that great and my mindset for that is always so what is actually the point of What what is it actually Trying to say, is it trying to say much of anything at all? Or is it a broken system that for some reason has been trusted since the 1970s or 80s? It's kind of crazy that it's been around for that long and that it's still trusted. It's downright silly when you think about it. Downright silly. Matt R., what's going on? Matt R., hail to you. Thanks for being here. By the way, again, if you've been watching tonight, thank you very much. Started a little bit earlier. So that I could end a little bit earlier to try to try to help out with with baby stiff. Still, 70 people watching on YouTube. I know that other shows have started. I, I know that Tuesday Night's main event has been moving up um, closer to the time I, I usually start. No, no ill will here. No, uh, <laughs> no anger animosity here. Anyway, <laughs> General Wingster tagged to say, "I'm just gonna stop watching your streams." I'm just too tired of white men on this platform. Yeah, I'm sorry that I I can't do much more than that, but it is what it is. (laughs) What's up, KK and Romsky? Think Noodles! What's up, Think Noodles? Uh, uh, Let's see, Tag to say, if you were in Kevin Feige's shoes, what would you do to fix the MCU? I would put a pause on everything. I would say, we're not doing anything else, anything that's in production, stop it. We need to get together. We need to actually sit down and hash out a plan. This is something that Marvel used to have, right? Remember back like the phase one, phase two? Everything was very meticulously thought, right? Everything was was very clearly laid out. There was a plan. The plan made sense. Audiences reacted to the plan. It got to build up to end game. And that was also by having a lot of bad films right from the beginning to end game in between. And still built up to the biggest box office in modern history. Right? And, you know, two, well over $2, million, $2 billion, right? When it comes to the, the, the box office for Endgame. Huge numbers, Huge, huge numbers, all right? But now look at it, right? Ever since phase three, I guess, it's just been on this downward trend. Phase four was a giant mess. Phase five, who even knows what phase you're in at this point? Things are so convoluted now because you also added a bunch of Disney Plus shows that were even less thought out so everything's just become a huge mess. So yeah, what I would say if I was in the if I was in Kevin Feige's shoes would let's just stop everything and let's actually come up with a plan and let's actually put that plan forward and not do anything until then. Wayward Noodle, thank you again for five dollars. Super chat says here I predict that at the Raven Awards in four months the Marvels will still be the biggest flop by far, probably, probably. It'll be interesting to see um, what awards and what nominations the Marvels gets at the Raven Awards. Uh, Honey Bear Apiary, what's up? King to say, did you just call Gary a boomer? Yeah. You've never heard him call a boomer before. He's an old man. He's an old man. He doesn't understand. Conwolf says, if you get a chance to look at the new Rumble Studios, they're making their own streamer. The problem is, and again, this is my issue with Rumble. It's it's very it's very clickish, they're very very clickish. They made this huge announcement about Rumble Studio, and I was like, awesome. Let me find out more. You get to the page, and what does it say? Oh, put your email in, and we'll let you know. So there's there's no actual date on when the beta is gonna start, and what that tells me is, oh, you're just gonna let your friends play around with it. You're gonna let the the handpicked right the elites play. And again, I I get it. I understand. But unless you're going to open it up to many more pl- content creators, especially on the, the low to, to mid range of, of capacity or, or of, of, of reach, I guess you could say, it, it's just, it, again, it's great in concept. But in practice, right now, there is nothing to show for it. Right, right now, there is no actual practice going for um, it. I'm very excited to see it has a lot of potential. It has a lot of potential for what they could do with it but uh, yeah until they start being so clickish I- I'm gonna have a lot I'm a very hard time you know trusting Rumble with a lot of things and giving them a lot of grace on things Mr. spinach what's up uh pointed out the flash had made over 6 million on its first Monday the Marvels 2 that's a great point that is an excellent point and in fact I, I think that it, w- it would merit uh, kind of giving us a-, a little bit of a of a comparison here. Oh, thank you so much. Look at this. So um the numbers actually had ready instantly the the battle between the flash and this film. So frame of reference. The 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 oh my goodness. The budget for the Marvels, $274 million. Now they did get a tax credit, so technically it was $220 ish, right? That's just the original numbers, though. I think it's gonna be a lot higher. Same also with the Flash. Flash's numbers probably are a lot higher than that but opening weekend 55 million domestic versus 46 million 108 million versus 48 million as far as the overall box office. So I think that Marvels has a chance of doing higher than the domestic for for uh for the Flash, but for international that's going to be interesting. 62 versus 158. Look at these daily numbers though, right? 21 versus 24. 15 to 15, okay, on the same page there. Sunday the Flash actually made another fifteen million dollars. the The Marvels dropped all the way to nine million, and then from nine dropped to two million, whereas, <laughs> whereas the Flash dropped from fifteen to six. It's not looking good, folks. So, here's the thing, right? I say I think that the Marvels might make more than the Flash, but on paper right now, there is no indication that that is actually going to happen. So we'll know once that second weekend comes in, right? If the second weekend for the Marvels. Ends up being stronger in some way than what the Flash the second weekend was. Maybe it'll have a chance, but right now, oh no, it's not looking good. So now, if if this if the trajectory of this continues, right, and same you know Monday to Monday, forty eight million versus sixty one million. So right now, Marvel's is tracking about twelve million plus behind where where the Flash is where the Flash was. That would mean that there is a chance that the film doesn't break one hundred million domestic. <laughs> which would which would be a catastrophe. It's already a catastrophe, but it'd be a, a bigger catastrophe. Uh, let's see. Rob D. says Gary Eagles Boomer with his landline phone and dial-up internet and bunny ear CRT. Yep. <laughs> and also, he's got this amazing, you know, computer. I hope I get that sponsorship one day. <laughs> I would promote the heck out of them. Uh, but yeah, he's got this amazing PC and he still struggles. That That's the definition of a boomer. Uh, we'll Rocker 94 what's up? Let's see. Uh, Jeremy Zikowski tagged to say, I've been hearing that Disney is going to replace Kang with Doctor Doom for an upcoming Avengers film. It does sound like desperation. Anything I've heard about that has been more speculation. Alright? I think that's been more speculation. More of like a wishful thinking of what would make sense. But I think that would also require Disney and Marvel to act in a way that makes sense. And they have not been doing that. So you know, we'll we'll see. We will definitely find out, that's for sure. Because of how they, in the Marvels, prepped for this alternate universe with the X-Men, it seems almost to make more sense that they might try to push an X-Men direction, but there's no real definitive plans. I don't know, it's weird. All right, Orange Chat, whose member says, The difference between Captain Marvel and the Marvels, in the case of the box office, is that one was not protected as much as the other. Remember, sites were altered to protect Captain Marvel. And again, that played a part, but remember... There's a huge thing that people don't like to talk about and don't like to use as as proof. I, I still have people coming out trying to say, this proves that they bought tickets and, oh, imagine how many tickets Disney still bought for the Marvels. Stop it. Stop it, all right? It's actually much simpler than that. Captain Marvel did well because it came out a month before Endgame. Without Endgame, Captain Marvel would not be as big as it was. Period. What proof do I have of that? Well, now we've got the Marvels. <laughs> Showing us that, okay, it's clearly not Brie Larson. It's clearly not Carol Danvers. It's clearly not any of the people involved with it. So, let's see. Zendo Deb. What's up, Zendo Deb? Uh, they will not admit that they've done anything wrong. It is your fault and my fault and Drinker's fault and Gary's fault. I'm missing the context of that one. I do fall behind the chat. Uh, I do need to start wrapping things up, though. So, please, if you could slow down. Slow down the comments, please. Slow them down. Because I need to wrap things up, so I can go help with the baby. I heard her crying earlier. Let's see. Orange chat says, "In all honesty, I like the Hunger Games four movies. I have no interest past them, though. Can't abide. Can't abide Rachel Zegler. She has turned me off of B.S.S. completely. I don't need to know the lore past the four month. Sorry, before the uh, past the four movies. Yeah, I mean the the concept of a prequel to Hunger Games is interesting, but when you're making it about Snow." who is the bad guy of the entire franchise. No, we don't need that. Why would we want to try to, quote, understand why the villain is bad? Why would we want to, quote, empath... Like, this has been the state of modern Hollywood, is that everything with a villain has to be... You have to empathize with them in some way. And it's like... the way, And the, the bigger problem, though, is the way they're doing it. Because there have been movies in the past, right, from, from, you know, film history, where they create a character, you're like, okay, I can empathize, right? I can understand where they're coming from, but they're still bad. But now they're not trying to empathize. They're trying to justify. And that's the biggest problem of it all. It's like, no, you can't justify this crap. Stop it. Get help. All right. Let us see. Father says, Zilda did play a dude in Doctor Strange. Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a gender swap. And if the director and if the producers weren't terrible uh that actually i think could have you know dr strange the original film was definitely okay but i feel like her character of the ancient one because i think she was wasn't she in another one wasn't she in endgame 2 or something um could have been handled better but she's great Uh um, i asked her she she was scary the first narnia movie yeah absolutely Jenna sir that's a fair point glenn close if you've never known this in the film hook glenn close plays one of the pirates Look it up. It's kind of insane how it works. But you're right. Glenn Close, I think, is another one that could do it. King and Rumshiki says, would I be able to go onto Critic List and do a review of the Meg 2? Yes you could, King and Rumshiki. You might even be the first person to do a review of the Meg 2. Print Screen. Kandahar bored me to death. Worst movie of the year in my opinion. But I hope you can find some value in it. As I said, I have not finished it. I could see it's it definitely moves very slow. Even these 10-minute increments, I'm getting tired after each one. But I do appreciate right out the cinematography. I think the cinematography is, is, is pretty good. It's very clean. Jonathan Bear says, what do you think of the Predator franchise? Um, like the original, I, I've really only ever seen the original, the remake that everyone hated from Shane Black, which I did not hate. And it's because it's not a good Predator movie. I thought it was just a fun Shane Black movie. You kind of got to go into those movies knowing what you're getting. But I, could, I completely understand why anyone hated that as a uh, Predator fan see, Heartbreak Rage, I say, oh man, you have to see the Arnold version of Running Man in such a cast in 80s time capsule. Nice. Uh, Tina B, what's up, Tina B? Welcome back. Glad to have you in the chat. Totally off track. I started Gone with the Wind the other night. I've seen it a million times, but all the women in my family were raised on it, and it's our rite of passage. I love that film. Zendo Deb says, when people don't have an argument, they revert to name calling. This is true. Super Anime Gamer, Hey, what is up, my dude? What's up, Super? Don't know if I have most underrated movie. Last Voyage to the Demeter was surprisingly decent, and I haven't seen it yet, but I suspect Dream Scenario would make the list. You ever seen trailers for that? Harvey says, The Running Man predates Battle Royale by over a decade. What makes it work so well is it's starkly humorous, satirical on the concept. Yeah, I was specifically talking about Battle Royale in relationship to Hunger Games, so thanks for playing. Oh, always got always to be a thorn on my side. Orange Chat. My mind and personality can't abide those who resort to clickbait in order for clicks and monetary gain. I've seen many who have huge followings turn to clickbait when there is no need. Sad, really. Yeah, it is. I I don't like clickbait either. If you you can try to accuse me of many things, I don't think anyone can accuse my thumbnails of being clickbait. (laughs) The the fact that I've had some people say, I like your thumbnails, I'm like, really? That's like the... That's like the number one critique I get. And it's the one I'm like, yeah, you're right. See, Harvey says, I interact with lots of indie creators on the internet. Many resent the fellowship because they see them as giving the big studios, publishers, free publicity while not promoting indie stuff. And that's just not true. Uh, People in the fellowship are constantly promoting indie stuff. It's a big part of what the fellowship does is promote indie stuff. So that's just factually inaccurate. And the whole free publicity stuff... If you're going to honestly say that our coverage of a film like the Marvels helped the box office, did did it just help it in the negative direction? Because it did worse than projections. So, yeah, that that whole argument's just very tired and not based in actual reality and not based in actual data. Steven, what's up, brother? Got here late, but better late than never. What are your thoughts on Shrek 5? Never saw it, actually. I, I, I saw Shrek 1. I think I've seen up to Shrek 3. Hardwick, in my opinion, the only thing that could save the MCU is a reboot of Phase 3 and Onward. Again, reboot, but also just, they need to stop everything. Steven, your thoughts on Chris Pratt voicing Garfield? He sounds good as it. I have not seen the trailer yet, but I do like Chris Pratt. Master of Gaming, I wanted to give you some movies that you might enjoy. Oh, uh, I, I'm trying, is context? Liberty Fella over on Rumble, what's up? Despite flaws, I saw a heartwarming story in The Flash. There at least was an emotional journey and a moral lesson. Doubt the Marvels delivered that. Uh, if you're saying The Flash is better than The Marvels, you might have an argument if you're trying to say that uh, The Flash is good or redeemable in any way. I don't, I don't, I don't agree with you. Stephen, your thoughts on Marvel moving direction away from King Dynasty? They have to. They're kind of forced to in this way. I do need to wrap things up, buddy, uh, people, buddy, but, buddy guy. I need to start wrapping things up, buddy guy. Cthulhu, 50 million in tax credits doesn't mean they save 50 million in income taxes. People are far too generous to these budgets. As I said, this is also the information we have available to us now. So if, if next year when we likely get the full budget release, it's probably going to be a lot higher. Nathan Slay, no, no, Captain Marvel would not have been a box office success had the dang Infinity War post-credit scene not happened. <laughs> oh man, let's see. KK Rumskey on Rumble again. Thank you always for holding down the fort over there. Tina says, "I'll always remember Glenn Close in Fatal Attraction. I wanted to go hide my bunny rabbit, and I didn't even, uh, uh I didn't even own a bunny. <laughs> I've actually never seen Fatal Attraction. it's, it's been on my list." Uh, let's see Hardwick says Diana Rigg could play a man pretty well or character in one of Vincent Price's movies is disguised as the man for better the mo- for most of the movie nice Nate Slay a Predator is one of the best movies ever Superman Gamer says Dream Scenario is a new Nick Cage film yeah I- I just, I've seen the trailer for it it does look interesting uh, A24 made it probably he plays a Monday in high school yeah yeah I've seen the trailer for it then yes that's the one that I have seen a trailer for thanks for the refresher I appreciate it yeah I thought I was wondering I was like wait have there been 5 Shreks? I just bought it because I'm like they made a lot of them. And maybe the person in their mind was counting one of the Puss in Boots as being a Shrek film. I've, again, you could have fooled me. It's kind of like if you asked me, if you said, "Have you seen uh if you have you seen The Land Before Time 20?" I would say, "No, I haven't seen that one." Because I, if you told me there were 20 of those, I would believe you. Cuz for for Shrek, I think I've only seen the first 3 and and, and that's that and that's about it. I, I knew I would trigger at least one person uh, about Fatal Attraction. Yes, I know, I know. It's it's on my to-do list. So, anyway, we'll go ahead and wrap things up there. Uh, thank you all for bearing with me. I did start a little bit earlier tonight. So I have been streaming for about an hour and a half. Um, technically an hour and 25 if you count the five-minute countdown. So thank you all for joining tonight. This has been awesome. I always love coming back to these. And, again, I do apologize that I'm not streaming as often I used to be streaming on Tuesdays and Saturdays, but I can't do the Saturdays anymore just because, again, family time is very, very important. Um, and thank y'all for bearing with the new schedule and for any changes that happen. But uh, hopefully the streams came through well tonight. So as I said, I, I did move away from EVMux at least for now. Um, I'm, I'm looking now into and going down the YouTube rabbit holes of OBS, um, U- OBS videos and tutorials on how to do... First off, the restream looks like the restream worked. So if things have been going very well, we had a kip up, on, k- k- we had a hiccup on Odyssey early on with the sound not coming through. I think that issue was finally addressed and fixed. Uh, Snowgolem is still in the chat over there saying thanks for the stream, Odin. Peace to you and your fam. Peace to you as well. So glad that that got fixed. Hopefully the stream came through fine on there on Rumble and on YouTube as well. Also streaming on Twitter tonight, so hopefully it came through well over there. So glad to see the restream function here is working. And in the future, there is also, the they actually do have plugins, or it's not exactly a plugin, but it's called Video Ninja. You can actually host guests through that. So, another potential free solution using just OBS and plugins and, and other things like that. So, anyway, I love it. I'm a nerd. Can't help myself. Um, but, anyway, with all that being said, I do need to... Wrap this bad boy up. So if you like this video, if you like this stream, smash the like button. A lot of the fun of it. I smash the rumble button as well. And you guys seriously are all amazing and beautiful people. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your evening. And as always, God bless.